everybody. This is John Tatey welcoming you back to Pop Bomb, the podcast where culture is relative. Yes, it's time again for my mom, Bonnie Tatey, to share her view of pop culture, small town life, and the riddles of human nature. On this episode, mom reviews the ABC game show, The Chase. Oh, thank you, ABC, <laughs> for continuing to put out all these game shows. They are so much fun to review. Let's bring mom in now. Hi, mom. Hi, Johnny. How are you? I'm uh, doing well, all things considered. There certainly is a lot of snow on the ground, and I certainly am tired of shoveling. And now comes the um, bracing ourselves for the melt whenever the temperature does go above freezing because there's just huge snow and icicles on everybody's house. So who yeah. knows what's going to happen? Well, you think you've got problems Listen to my how okay. my morning starts. Okay. With the Orkin man who Uh-oh. is still trying to get his paycheck and and I okay, but he pulls into the driveway and sits for half an hour and then he comes up to the door and knocks very timidly and then he goes and gets back in his truck cuz he knows I don't want him in the house. You know, with COVID yeah, and yeah. Plus, I don't let him go all over the house, even in the summer. I just let him go down to the basement. And does he want what, he... what does he want to tour? No, but he wants to put his icky stuff all over everything, so that there's no uh, infestation of any kind. Which is fine in the summer because he just does the outside. So there's no. Uh, what do we get? Uh, Hornets, hornets. Good boy, you don't want those. And, no, but they they like to get in the eaves and and such. So he does spray for those, and takes down any nests. But they're basically useless because he never could do anything about the moles. He's the guy that told me to feed them Jolly Ranchers. <laughs> oh, I remember this. Yeah, because they choke on them or something. Because they can't digest them. Oh, man. That's that's what. So anyway, he pulls into the driveway and just sits there for 45 minutes because I guess he goes on his route every day. And does. I don't know what he does, but so for 45 minutes, I'm just saying, would you leave? Just go park someplace else. But I think they have them monitored very closely. You know, I think they check their miles, and it's one of those companies. Yeah, sure. That, that would do that type of thing to make sure he's not going off to Fun Spot and playing video games all day <laughs> or something. <I> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and 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 let me tell you, to, can I diverge a little bit? Here? Sure. Yeah, of course. I went up to the big medical facility to Daddy, and I went up to get our eyes checked because our local, uh optometrist was seeing people nine months out <laughs> yeah that's right. like was she seeing one person a day and then you know sanitizing every i don't i don't know so anyway a little bit of a backlog just, is what you're saying yeah i guess i guess so we decided to just go up to hanover not hanover lebanon and Get because it right, Mom. Where, I, I know. They need the advertisement. <laughs> yeah. 
um, because that's where all our other doctors are. So it's just as convenient to mm-hmm. go up there. Um, and this is where the guy burped, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's the so, famous after lunch burp that you had to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> but it was interesting to be, um, I, I thought the room was overcrowded, but everybody and everybody did have their mask on. And I know you think I'm old, but being in a room with people that I consider old, and I'm saying probably a dozen people were all, you know, sitting uh, safely spaced apart. But it's amazing how, and this, this, this contributes to my theory of the circle of life, is that these people sit around, they answer their phones, their phones ring like this. Bah, bah. It's like anybody that's on this floor of the hospital could answer that <laughs> phone because they could hear it. And then they talk like they're, you know, in their car, screaming at the top of their lungs. And so to me, they're just like babies. They're just turning back into babies that they don't care that they're in society and should behave yeah. a certain way. Yeah. They're done caring. I mean, especially after this last year, don't you think that used up the last reserves of caring for a great deal of people? Well, I feel even more alert to the fact that other people don't want to listen to my conversation and watch me lift my mask up and down 12 times so I can take a sip of coffee. I'm very aware of that. These people are not. So these people are putting their mask up and down. What are you doing sitting in this room? I mean, you talk about how you won't let anyone in the house and you won't get within a mile of anyone. And then you tell me these stories of sitting in a room with a dozen people. That's that's not right. Well, the hospital seems to think that's okay. Oh, the hospital. Yeah. So there's these there's these all these older people. I'll say older people. And they're just living their lives. They're just like babies. Do you, do you understand what I'm trying to say? I, I do understand, yeah. What is the moral of this story? You're against the elderly? <laughs> I'm anti. No, I'm just, I just feel like, and this is, this is my personal feeling, because many people are just so wonderful about this, but I'm just watching the deterioration of, of a society where I'm comfortable in it, and I'm I don't I don't know if I'm ever going to be feeling good about being with people again. Yeah, I feel you there. Um it's it's definitely changed us and it's going to take some time to see how it has changed us and yeah, it's strange to be around people at the same time I really crave being around people. I mean, yeah. just crave other human beings at this point. But there's also that discomfort level. And, you know, I've had upsetting experiences or yes. unpleasant experiences over the past year. There's a lot There's a lot of businesses I'll never visit again. Um, and uh, there are situations where, that I used to take for granted that I'm no longer comfortable in. I guess I'll put yeah. it that way, including shopping. <laughs> now, you know, people can continue to change and maybe everything will seem hunky-dory or at least this aspect of 
society going out and about. We'll see him hunky dory in a couple of years. I don't know, but it is strange right now. And I definitely sympathize with what you're saying. It's just like, I don't know how I'm going to be around other people. Like, am I yeah. going to be comfortable riding a crowded L train? Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, those are those are all things I think about. Um, even even traveling to come see you. Could yeah. I get on a plane? Well, I I'm not sure. You know, it just it's a very odd um, feeling. And, you know, I'm so thankful that they have the vaccine and I, I am yeah. thankful for all the good things. And I'm really most thankful for FaceTime because mm. I get to see uh, my grandchildren and that is invaluable. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're all thankful for that. I struggled because we are thankful for science and uh, modern medicine for bringing us these vaccines. At the same time, at the same time, I'd be a little more impressed with the state of our public health, our global public health oh. efforts, if this hadn't happened in the first place. You know, like vaccines, yes. great. Thanks for getting us out of this mess. But yes. how about we be smart enough to not get in this mess next time? So, you know, I, I, I'm or how about this? How about this? Have a plan to administer the vaccine instead of having all the states have their own method and websites are crashing and people uh, can't can't even get a vaccine. I mean, it's I don't know. Yeah. Well, you know why that's the. That's the case, so we don't need to get too deep into that. But um, no. Now we've uh, opened up the season, the new Pop Mom season here, by talking about um, a couple of new game shows. I don't think we we re generally don't let a game show come across the transom without giving it a review on the podcast, as people know by now. But you've been really going above and beyond mom because i feel like every time i'm texting with you lately uh you're talking to me about some uh vintage game show that you've you've been watching uh you've yes. been you've been hitting the buzzer network pretty hard lately right i have and let me tell you what a delightful uh relief from everyday life mm. now i and i will say though that there are the times are changing and have changed because there's a lot of stuff on these shows that I'm watching that just make me say, wow, we have really come a long way. I mean, people think we haven't, but we really have because they used to say a lot of stuff that we now find and is inappropriate. Yeah. Yeah. Some stuff that makes your lips curl up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. We saw one <laughs> last night that that. Even Daddy gasped, and um, uh, it was a question on Match Game, and it said uh, something like, Brett turned down her her first proposal because her, her bow was blank. And, you know, people had various mm -hmm. things, and Brett said, Jewish. <laughs> Brett herself said Jewish. Brett herself said Jewish. Oh my I, God! Daddy and I just—we were—we were stunned. We were stunned. What? How did the panel and the the rest of the? Oh, they, they all laughed uproariously. 
but it's so ignorant and and just it's just so absurd and so ridiculous and oh. that 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 the, the censors thought that was fine wow jeez yeah well that's bracing well it is it is you know cuz here i am sewing on my little project and having all these uh you know the most the raciest thing I'm hearing is boobs. Yeah, right. And then I then here's this shocking. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I don't just know, a little, know what to... Just a little casual anti-Semitism mixed in your fun, <laughs> silly uh, joke right. game. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and you know, the re- reference to um, Indians or yeah. stuff <clears throat> that was that was all very acceptable because, of course... The censors were very uh, on top of anything that they thought was inappropriate, and yet this stuff got a pass. Yeah, well, they were mostly like they were mostly on watch for anything beyond boobs, right? Yeah, like anything uh, sexual, even though the game was quite bawdy, um, but anything right. explicitly sexual. Oh no, 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 no! But yeah, racism and bigotry. Yeah, sure, throw it in the mix. Really, it was it was quite it's quite incredible. But my my comment really about watching Buzzer is the commercials for products that you'll use once and never, you know, they look so great on on TV oh. that you feel like you must have it. And the one thing I've noticed is as you watch, they give away more and more. It starts out, you know, buy one get one free, yeah. and then it's oh, always. Yeah. oh today only buy two get two free and. So the crappier the product, the more they give you. Oh, yeah. They'll shovel a dozen at you. Oh, you want another one? Sure, sure. Just please give us money. These cost us five cents a piece. Give me an example right. of one of these uh, enticing products. Alien tape. <laughs> it doesn't, I don't know it, this one. Oh, well, it doesn't. Apparently, it doesn't. I don't know how it works, okay? But you can stick it up and you can hang your iron pots on it or something it's just and then you can just take it right off it's tape for iron pots no it's tape for anything i think you can build a house with it alien tape i gotta look this up right now it's clear and it comes on a roll and you just it looks like you cut it it's thick did you find it i did find it i'm looking at it right now do you want it no, I. No. <laughs> All right, so that is one thing, and I don't even <laughs> mind those because those are those are funny. You know, those are funny. Sure, to yeah, me. yeah, yeah. They always have the person who's so bumbling you don't know how they make it through life trying to fumble with the regular <laughs> brand yeah. of tape. Aren't you tired of? <laughs> yeah, I know the I know the routine. Okay, so it's it's a pretty staple commercial. Um, and the other thing, I the second of three things is the drug commercials. The drug commercials oh, have you now, yeah. and they're terrible, and they're long, and and what do they think? I'm self-prescribing here. They think you're going to your doctor and saying, "Hey, give me some of that Lipitor or whatever." Well, if it's anything like the people that were sitting in the waiting room when I went to get my eyes examined, they hardly know their names, their own names. So how are they going to remember? Ozempic or, you know, well, I don't know what these other l- long, long things. Oh, we're so happy. And 
And the third thing I won't believe in my is, ex- but- in my experience, oh. uh, older people have a strong memory for pharmaceuticals. There's a part of their brain <laughs> that really. All right, but let me just tell you, there's a procedure that they advertise. There's yeah. a procedure that they advertise for men. Oh. That if if your if your urine flow is slow, you can have this procedure done. And I'm not kidding. The visual is a fire hose, a man holding a fire hose with water shooting out at the speed of light. Mm, and that's the fantasy. And there's a man. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But this is one to watch for because it is just <laughs> hysterical. And it's in a, 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 a one day procedure and man that's your i hope so (laughs) you have to look for that one i have no idea what the procedure is it's hilarious though okay is that is that the extent of your notes from the commercial breaks on buzzer It sounds no, like you're paying ha- closer attention to the commercials than the game shows. Well, I'm not really. But I also want to say, uh, uh, what do you think? Mike Dicka, Kelsey Grammer, Joe Namath. Do you think these people really need the money? Oh, you mean uh, they're in the ads? Yeah. Um, not not for the fire hose one, but. Uh, I bet they could use the money. You think so? They're not turning their nose up at it. I know, but, you know, Tom Selleck, I just feel like, how far have you fallen? I think he's fallen far enough to be cushioned by a big pile of money that the commercial people put in his house. He came downstairs, he said, who gave me this pile of money? (laughs) And they said, it's us, Liberty Mortgage. (laughs) Well, he starts off the commercial saying... This isn't my first rodeo, or this isn't my first yeah. something, and I don't even know what that means. What does that mean? Because he he does the reverse mortgage commercials, right? Yeah. Which are just that's total sleaze. Yes, that's yeah. what I thought. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's in my first rodeo. <laughs> What does that mean, Tom? I don't. I just don't even know. Well, Tom Selleck is famous for. You may remember there were many mortgage-related storylines on Magnum PI, so he's sort of legendary <laughs> for his <laughs> experience with housing contracts and whatnot. So that's where. So trust going. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This this ain't my first uh, shady financial instrument. So. I can see Joe Namath. I mean, I can see him probably. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's been a while since Joe's Super Bowl days. Yeah, and I imagine he uh, lived quite a lifestyle for a while, so I get him. I was shocked to see Kelsey Grammer, though. Remember Joe Namath trying to, drunkenly trying to kiss that uh, ESPN reporter, Susie Colmer? Oh, man. Yes, I do remember Speaking it. of cringe moments, that was yes. one, of, one of the worst ever the worst. on TV. I totally agree. Oh. That's not, I mean, I feel like for a lot of people, that's what they think of when they think of Joe Namath now, since, you know, a lot of people were not alive for his glory days as Broadway Joe. They yes. just remember him as this dirty old man who showed up on Monday Night Football <laughs> one week. Oh, that was awful. 
Well, let me say that the people that do remember that are not watching these commercials. So yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Um, now you wanted to talk about your yum box as well. Should we get to that? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yum box is a wonderful gift that Jenna gave to Merrick and myself. Mm-hmm. Jenna is Christmas. my sister. Yep. And Merrick is your brother. Yep. And so once a month, this box comes, this little box comes and it has treats from other countries and we get together on FaceTime or something like that and open the box and taste all the treats together. That's fun. And it it comes with a, a trivia card and then treats specific to uh, this this time it will be, is it Russia or the Ukraine? Ukraine, I guess it is. Okay. And it has trivia in it and a sticker, a big sticker, and then treats from here. And uh, they had Finland, I think, last time. And I got Italy by accident. So I haven't really participated uh, in the eating part yet. But I don't, And I don't know what it costs, but I'm just saying this was a fun idea to do with family. Yeah, that's it. but you haven't actually done it yet. Is that what I understand? Well, I participated in the last one where they had the same treat box, but my treat box was from Italy, so, but now we're all on the same page. Oh, okay. I got it. Uh, so this is Yum Box, but you could do this with any uh, with any one of these subscription boxes, right? Food ones, hopefully. You don't want to eat your <laughs> Batman figurines or whatever else you might subscribe to, but there's a bunch of these subscription boxes. With oh, treats are there? I didn't know. I didn't know. Well, as you know, um, uh, Merrick, of course, got me for Christmas the Jelly of the Month Club, you know, mainly as a reference to National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. But I have to tell you, I do like a peanut butter and jelly cracker uh, as a snack. Oh. I, I usually don't eat just one, so I should say plural crackers. Yes, but, um, you should. So this was a great gift, and I sure am enjoying the jellies. So here's my recommendation for the Jelly of the Month Club, folks. If you're a jelly or jam or preserves enthusiast, then you're going to love this Jelly of the Month Club. Mm. But uh, he only got it for me, so I'm not sharing it with anybody. (laughs) Well, Jenna was much more generous. (laughs) Yeah. Now we're going to get a complaint from Merrick. In the old inbox. Oh, man. Yep. Well, you know what? It wouldn't be a podcast without some complaints. <laughs> I'm resigned to those now. Speaking of the old inbox, I got uh, last week, we will get to the review shortly, but I just want to follow up. Last week, um, Mom and I told a number of stories about uh, intestinal distress and uh, trying to contain yourself uh, after that. And we got uh, an email from loyal listener uh, Bobby Joe, uh, Bobby Joel. And can I share Bobby Joe's story? Sure. She says, hi, John and Bonnie. I have a story that you may both enjoy because it sounds like you are both similar to me and find bathroom humor way funnier than it should be. Guilty as charged. When I was 16, I was dating my first real boyfriend. He was a little older and so dreamy. At that time, I was incredibly athletic and fit as I was a cheerleader. Wow, okay. One evening, we were hanging out at my house watching TV. I decided I wanted to show off to my boyfriend just how fit I was. I began bragging about my abs and how strong they were. 
I finally told him to punch me in the abs and it wouldn't hurt Uh. me. He was reluctant at first, but I wouldn't stop telling him to do it, so he finally did. As he firmly, but gently, (laughs) hit me in the gut, I let out what can only be described (laughs) as a fart that could have come out of a grown man. Oh, man. <laughs> and she goes on to say that she, after she ran away in horror, she overheard him telling uh, her four brothers about what it Oh, happened. man. Four brothers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, live with that. And you know what that's like. Well, not yeah, four, but, but it's relentless. Yeah. It's relentless. <laughs> Of course, my brothers decided to tell him that what he had heard come out of me was not out of the norm. Oh, man. <laughs> Good job, brothers. Thank you. Thanks, Bobby Joe. Um, <laughs> we also had, I'm not going to look this up, but somebody tweeted, I think that um, Bonnie and John uh, worship Tom Brady of what's in a while yes. to make sure that we don't like them too much. <laughs> <laughs> or don't love them too much. It was a very sweet tweet. It was. But it was very sweet. Someone who can't stand Tom Brady. As I suppose there's many in that camp. So yeah. I that's, get that. Yeah. That's why we we know that we're so insufferably lovable on this podcast that every <laughs> once in a while we fawn over Tom Brady to just take the edge off for you. Give you a break from all that that's adulation right. of right. us. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Bobby yes. Joe, and everybody who wrote in this week. The uh, Pop Mom uh, email box is simply popmom at oological.net. We love to hear from you. But now on to our review. This week, Mom and I are talking about The Chase. Ready, Mom? I'm ready. Okay. Answering trivia questions under pressure on TV is hard enough, but The Chase makes matters even worse by forcing its players to compete with a world-class trivia champ who's hot on their heels. On each episode, three contestants in turn build up a cash bank that they then must protect in a one-on-one trivia race against the villain of the show, The Chaser, who is a trivia guru drawn from the ranks of Jeopardy's all-time greatest winners. Those who survive their one-on-one race proceed to the final chase, the fast-paced winner-take-all climax of the show where contestants get two minutes to answer as many questions as they can, and then the chaser gets two minutes to hunt them down. Here's a clip. In 1872, Susan B. Anthony was arrested and found guilty of illegally doing what? Casting a vote. Correct. The J&R Double Arch Ranch was the long-time vacation home of what fast food mogul? Croc. Correct. Who performed We Shall Overcome while six months pregnant at 1969's Woodstock Festival? Uh, Joan Baez. Correct. The Nile River Club times up. I can't beat you. (laughs) 17 correct answers, plus your two-step advantage. That puts you 19 steps ahead of the chaser. That's tough. That's a big bite to chew on. James, what did you think of that? That was an outstanding performance, particularly by Daniel. I'd make the team slight favorites from here. New episodes of The Chase air Thursday evenings on ABC. They are also available, of course, on Hulu. (laughs) Mom, did The Chase leave you out of breath or out of patience? Oh, I, I, it left me out of breath. I just this show I love it yeah it's a good one it's a great format like it's just a very good game I think 
It's so tight. It's so good. And let me tell you, Sarah Haynes as the host, mm-hmm. uh, I think is amazing. Amazing. I, really? I do. I did not think I was going to like her because I do watch her on The View and she sometimes mm-hmm. seems a little, um, not silly, but something like that. She is so spot on in this isn't easy because now these old game shows that I watch with with the pros, you know, Bill Cullen and whatever, if they have to read, they screw up all the time. And she is just she's like a machine. Yeah, that's that's the hardest part of um, of this job. I like her, too. I think she was a little, you know, I don't know what order these shows were aired in versus yeah. how they were taped, but I felt she was a little um, stiff at at first, as you inevitably will be. Like, any host takes a little while to get into a groove and really feel comfortable in a show, so I don't really hold right. that against her. Um, I thought she did a fine job at first, but as time goes on, she's joking around a little more, she's looser, but you're right. She also is on top of that speed round, which is one of the hardest things in, oh. in game show hosting because you're like the player's big money is at stake and you have to like you have to speak clearly and quickly for right. two minutes without stopping. Right. Uh, now, to me, the all time greatest speed round um, host in my experience was Jim Perry doing the sale of the century um, 60 second speed round, which just oh, goes yeah. unbelievably fast. Um, but Sarah's right up there. She does a good job. She really does. Uh, you know, she has the pressure of people, people's money. And at let's face it, at the same time, she's herself on the line. How good does she do this? Yeah, How well does course, she do it? Of course. And she's she's just she's just I think she's just perfect. Yep. A good choice. Uh a great choice. The game is exciting. Let me ask you, who would you least rather play with? Brad, Ken, or James? <sighs> Right, so this is Brad Rutter, Ken Jennings, and James Holtzauer, all um, titans of the Jeopardy scene. I think I would least want to go up against hmm, Brad. Really? I think Brad has the deepest trivia knowledge. I mean, it's hard to say because they're all so good, but I feel like Brad is the most formidable. Who is your favorite chaser? I like Ken. Yeah, I like James. I don't like James. <laughs> I don't like. I don't like James. I I think you know. I have read that he is a very generous uh, fellow, uh, giving money to charity yeah. and very quiet. But I I just can't get past his smug demeanor. I just don't like it. I just I I I just don't like it. And Daddy absolutely loves him. Um, oh yeah! So, How can you so not love him? Smug? I don't. Really? I, yes, that's. I think he's smug, and he's and he. I don't know if his it's his just resting face, but he always looks like he has a smirk on his face, and um, no. and he and he always has something a little a little bit nasty <laughs> to say. Oh, yeah, you know. 
Well, they're that's the production, and a lot of those lines are written for them, I would imagine, uh, as well. You know, they're they're instructed to behave that way. I like no, James. He behaved that way on Jeopardy. Fair, fair enough. He got in his digs from time to time on Jeopardy, but I just see him as like an awkward nerd who's... Really? Yeah, I don't see him as smug. I see him as as an awkward nerd who I really sympathize with, and um, I, I really like his manner. Like, I find it endearing the way he delivers these um, zingers with just total flat deadpan um, because I think, like... He's not really a professional TV person, so his delivery isn't, you know, it's not showbiz delivery, but I think it really works. Now, one wrinkle of this uh, version of The Chase, um, there's been, there was a British version, there's been other versions. There was an American version on GSN for a while, um, which I want to come back to in a second, but uh, one wrinkle here is that uh, there's The Chaser's Lounge, and we see the other oh, chasers yeah. occasionally watching the show. Uh, what do you think of the Chasers Lounge, where we cut away to see, for example, what um, Brad and Ken are saying about James's exploits out on the stage? I like stage. it. Yeah, I like that a lot. I was dubious of it at first, but I like it too. And I think it's a, it's a clever way to add another storytelling tool to this uh, show. Yeah. Yeah, because it, it it in this way it includes them while they're not the uh, chaser on every show. Obviously, there's only one chaser. Um, it includes them, keeps them in the mix, and they sometimes have something funny to say or or an opinion or something. And I find that interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, it just adds a bit of color. I think this whole show is put together just beautifully. I really do. I agree. I can't really find much fault with it. Um, and my son, Leo, enjoys it quite a bit, too, which I think is, um, <laughs> aside from how much that delights me, that there's a game show he wants to look at with me, um, I think it's another sign of a well-made show, you know, because he, he can't answer any of the questions. That is all going over his head. But yeah. the the design of the light patterns and the you know how they make the set move and the music and all that engages him and he loves the chase at the end the final chase and we say like who's who do you think is going to win the players or the chaser and um, he picks someone different every time. Oh, He's, that's fun. He says now when he grows up he wants to be a chaser. I mean, he'll say this for a couple of days and then it'll be something else, of course. But, right. Yeah. He's right. That. That's funny. That's funny. Well, that's interesting because that is one last thing I wanted to touch on. And I know we're we're getting a little long here, but if we could touch on the uh, components, the uh, physical components of the game, which I, uh, again, have been watching a lot of old shows where the where the motion uh sometimes frequently came from moving the contestants on their base into place or now we're going to play this part of the game and the this part of the the uh studio moves and but this this seems to be more about the lights and lately that's what millionaire um, yeah seems to be about the lights the lighting well, Millionaire really shifted that aesthetic to, uh, yeah, the 
technology had advanced to the point where you could have these elaborate lighting patterns executed just with the push of a button. So I think that um, set design tech got to a point where you didn't need things to move um, in order to have that feeling of spectacle. That said, I still think that you know, like on the new match game, they have the whole turntable with the contestants on it spin around, just like in the old one. I just yeah. think the set moving is its a touch that can't be replaced. That having been said, this enormous wall that they've got that wraps around the whole set on the chase, I think is, like, I think the set design of the chase is so awesome because that final chase where you have the two minutes and, you know, you have the player sort of building up the path that the chaser will have to take yep. and it's wrapping yep. around the whole set and it's really exciting, I think, to then see the chaser come back and, like, the color of the set is changing as he's getting closer yep. to the end. Um, it creates that drama of space and motion without having anything actually move better than most, uh, let's just move the lights around or change the color of things right. setups right. do. Like, it does not feel cheap or, or anything like that. Um, they, I think it's brilliant. I do, too. I think it's brilliant, and it makes me feel like I'm in a planetarium. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it makes me feel like this space is so magnificent. At first, I... I thought, why, why do I like that? Why do why does that appeal to me? And now I realize I feel like I'm in a planetarium with the the lights going around the top. I just think it's brilliant. I I don't know who put it together, but I love it. Sounds like the chase is an all around winner. I do want to just share one story that came out of um, preparing for this episode. So, you know, often when I'm writing the uh, the intro for a show, I'll, I'll go on the Wikipedia or IMDb or whatever to look up the info on it. And I knew there had been um, a previous American version of this show uh, on GSN. And I thought, uh, oh, you know, I never got to see that one. But I, I, I'm, I think it was much like the British one, which I have seen a number of times. And I'm thinking, oh, I wonder why I missed that American version and never, never caught it. And then I'm scrolling down to the critical reception section of the Chase's entry in Wikipedia, and it's talking about the GSN version, and it says, um, John Tatey of the AV Club called the show a pretty good adaptation of its UK counterpart. While he wow! While he preferred the British version of the show, saying that it had a more varied cast and stronger production values, Tatey felt that the American version still holds its own. Now, I obviously didn't remember writing this, um, or <laughs> <laughs> but this does happen to me from time to time. I reviewed, you know, when it was my uh, main gig, I reviewed yeah. so many games and TV shows to a lesser degree, but it'll often, in video games especially, uh. they'll pop up and I'll say, oh, that's that looks cool. And then, oh, I actually wrote about that and have played yeah. it before. Yeah. Um, so that, that was very odd to see my name, um, not unusual to see my name pop up on game show Wikipedia entries since I've written about them so much, but I certainly yeah. didn't expect to see it, uh, here. So, oh, that's funny. um, yeah, <laughs> I love this version of it. I, I think I like it better than the GSN version, which I don't even remember. So, uh, who knows? I guess I won't remember this in a year. <laughs> 
Although you forget when we've done stuff sometimes, too. I do, too. Yeah. I do, too. Uh, you know, my personal life and my podcast life intersect on uh, many yeah. levels. So, <laughs> All right, Mom, what is your grade for the chase? I'm going to have to give this an A++. Whoa! <laughs> Clangs and whoops for that one. A++. Yeah. Boy, howdy. Yep. Whoo! Good job, the chase. Mom, do you it's have a recommendation a this week? I do. Uh, as I have been watching lots of old game shows, I uh, am, uh, where is it? Here it is. I'm reading The Matchless Gene Rayburn by Adam Nedef. Mm. And, um, boy, it's, it's, a, it's a great book. It, it talks all about Gene. It gives you a lot of uh, background on game shows. Yep. This, uh, is, this is Gene Rayburn, host of the original oh. Match Game. Um, you, you know, if you've ever seen the seventies match game, Gene Rayburn is the guy who hosted it. Go ahead, mom. And it's just a very, uh, it's not overly detailed. It's, uh, insightful. And if you love game shows, you really have to, you really have to give this a read. I'm so happy I found it and, uh, would recommend it. If game shows are your thing, this is a great resource. Uh, I was most interested to read about the uh, downfall of, uh, Richard, Richard Dawson. Richard yeah. Dawson. Yeah. Uh, cause, cause you can definitely see on the show as you're watching his withdrawal from oh, participating. Yeah. He's miserable that last year. Oh yeah. With his sunglasses and his refusal to smile. Insane. Well, that's when they, that's when they said, all right, you can get out of your contract when he showed up with his sunglasses. With, and wouldn't take his sunglasses off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Adam Nedef. Uh, I've also read this book uh, for once. Surprise, surprise. Um, <laughs> and uh, Adam Nedef is a great historian of the of the genre. And it's a tough genre to do a history of because um, they were such throwaway shows. They're not really. Yes. They're not necessarily preserved well. Sometimes they're not preserved at all. At all. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, that's the Matchless Gene Rayburn by Adam Nedef. It's on Amazon. Uh, if you like game shows, check it out. And if you don't like game shows, what a miserable podcast uh, this was for you. <laughs> but lucky for you, that'll do it for this week's edition of Pop Mom. Mom and I will be back next week to talk about more pop culture. What should we talk about, Mom? Mm, something interesting. Something interesting. Something other than game shows. We'll mix it up next week. Uh, or maybe we'll do another game show. We'll see. Thanks for listening. <laughs> If you enjoy the show, hey, tell your friends, and we love to get email. It's popmom at ological.net. Talk to us about anything. We love you. Mom and I will talk to you again next week. Bye for now, Mom. Bye, Johnny. I love you. Love you, too. <laughs>